What is up, designers, and welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel podcast. In this episode, I just want to ask you a simple question. Are you an agent of the status quo? Essentially, are you somebody that's being tricked or pimped and used to force people who are unique, people with unique insights and true individuals into living a life within the status quo? That's what I want to ask you in this episode. But before I get into that, I want to say, because I forgot the last time I recorded this, I want to say... Go down in the description below and follow me on Clubhouse, okay? Because I want to go live with y'all and talk with y'all people who are supposedly of a similar mindset and see what it, you know what are y'all in popular opinions and what y'all think about life. I just want to have like late night conversations with everybody that follows this podcast and get to know you all better. So go follow me on Clubhouse. It'll be in the description below, regardless of what platform you're on, and you'll be able to lot you know chat live with me. I'll go live probably every other day or something like that. Follow me on Clubhouse. I just created mine today. Okay, but uh, to further what I'm saying, uh, you know, agents of the status quo. Um, when me and my girlfriend were riding down Melrose Ave, uh, if it is in fact an avenue, I don't know. Um, one of the things that we observe is um, there are two ways of being. Let me put it like this. There are two ways of being in this world. Okay, You're either proactive or you're reactive. I think a small amount of people, likely the people who listen to this podcast in the world, are unique uh, they're true individuals and they're proactive. They live, you know, based off their own internal compass, not on the basis of what's going on around them. They decide based on what it is that they truly feel, not on the basis of what they think others will feel about them because of what they decide. Okay, and the rest of the world is simply reactive. They think they're making decisions, they think they're living their own lives. But really, they're only making the decisions and living the lives that other people expect of them. They're reacting to what culture supposes is the ideal way of living. Okay, so me and my girlfriend are in the car. We're riding down Melrose Avenue. And one of the things that I happen to notice and we spoke about, you know, that we see in every party environment, in every city, in every place across America and the entire world at large is the amount of, you know, you know, people who are homogenous, okay? What homogenous essentially means is that it's a uniform mixture. Uh, there's nothing, there, there are no unique variables or something that stands out. If there's a row of people standing in front of you, and they're all wearing white, and they're all wearing uh, jewelry, and they all got the same haircut, it's homogenous. If there's a variability to the mix, then this mix is no longer homogenous, okay? If you went to school, which most of you did, you understand that. But I wanted to elaborate for those that didn't because we do spin in all types of countries everywhere around the world. Okay. Most people look, dress, speak, act, perform, live replicas of each other's lives. They live in what's called groupthink, which is when a lot of people you know, band together and they kind of follow a, you know, a set of monolithic thoughts. They all kind of think and live and react and do everything the same way. Okay, just drive down any city, uh, any road in your city, and you'll see everybody kind of looks and acts and, and feels and expresses the exact same way. There's nothing about that person or that, you know, that, 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 that individual that really makes them an individual and set them apart, sets them apart. You know, uh, and that's kind of what you know, I want to express in this podcast. A lot of people 
think they're making decisions. They think they're living lives. They think they're deciding on their own. They think they're being their own person. But really what they are, what they're doing is reacting to what the status quo deems they should be. Now, everyone does this to some degree. You know, I like Lamborghinis. Society decided Lamborghinis were cool, not me. But that's fine sometimes. But what percentage of your personality is based on what society thinks is cool? You know, a lot of people, you know, society, you know, tells them that, you know, wear jewelry or wear a chain, wear these types of jeans, wear your hair like this, talk like this, smoke weed, whatever society might tell them to do. And they sunset their own unique insights in order to become that person that society deems that they should be. You know, society, and that's a lot of what this podcast is about. Individuals with unique insights who decide to really be proactive in life and be themselves and believe in what they believe in, regardless of what anybody else in society believes in. Um, society will try to cancel that person and crush them into a mold that's familiar. They'll try to crush them into the status quo. And so if you're somebody that wants to drop out of school and create a business, they're going to crush you and try to make you and force you to work a regular nine to five job after going to college for four or five years and going a hundred thousand dollars in debt because that is what society knows and society understands okay and you see most of these people they they, they live in reaction they dictate what it is that they're going to do and who they who it is they're going to be based off what culture says they should do or says they should be so a lot of these people you know it's, it's not only manifesting in how it is that they present themselves but in their life you know, life course up into this point in their trajectory. A lot of people in the world, they want to be inventors. They want to be entrepreneurs. They want to be artists. They want to be these things. And what it is, what, what, what is it that they end up doing? They end up going to school for four or five years, getting a degree, working in a nine to five for the rest of their life, retiring at 70 and dying. And why is that? Because despite the fact that everyone has unique insights and everyone is an individual, culture deems they should be one way and they're living more reactively than proactively. Okay, and I think a lot of this is why we see so much dissonance in society and so much mental illness. I think a lot of things like anxiety, for example, are manifested in the within the distance between who people are truly internally and who they strive to present themselves as due to reaction. Okay, and so everybody's a little weird and a little quirky and their own person. Okay, but when we step outside, we dress, we talk, we act, we drive, we drink certain types of ways. We try to fit into these little archetypes because, you know, we're reacting to what society supposed we should be. Okay, and so we try to live up to that. And in different, you know, in every venue of our life, in every venue of our relationships, we have a slightly different version of who we present ourselves as. You know, as defined by not only society, but that particular individual that we're working with. And so what I mean by I think the gap between who we actually are and who we present ourselves as in reaction. What I mean by that gap is what I believe causes a lot of mental illness is this. Now, imagine something like your your, you know, society culture deems it appropriate to be straight. You to be heterosexual. But let's say, for example, you're homosexual. You're not straight. Okay, Um, the closer that society and culture, the status quo comes to finding out the truth of who you are, the closer, you know, 
they are to disillusionment, to casting aside that illusion that you set up when you presented yourself a particular type of way and discovering the true you, the more nervous and anxious that you'll be. Maybe somebody around you cracks a joke. Hey, man, I never seen you have a girlfriend. Hey, man, like, you know, the way you bent your wrist like that, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of not straight. You know, they say things like that. You'll feel a lot of anxiety from it. You know, even not even even on the run and living as this separate person, living in this separate life, you know, as somebody who is heterosexual, you'll probably feel a lot of depression because you're not even you're, you're not even expressing who you really are. You know, you're wearing a mask every single day that you go out. But, you know, this, you know, applies to every individual, you know, when we present ourselves as a certain, you know, as a certain individual in society, um, you know, our insecurities really lie most of the time in the difference between who it is we present ourselves and who we really are. So let's say society says it's, you know, cool to have, you know, six pack abs and you don't have six pack abs. So you wear, you know, you don't take your shirt off at the beach, you wear t-shirts and people poke jokes at you and, and, and they try to draw attention to it. They kind of make people notice it. You'll probably feel a lot of anxiety the more the society around you, the more the crowds around you, you know, get to actually discovering the reality of who you truly are. You know, um, I feel like not having alignment in who you present yourself as and who you really are, you know, the distance that 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 is created when you don't have alignment is where a lot of men you know mental illness is is and stuff like that manifests in lie but that's a completely separate subject and i'm kind of going off the rails with that one i want to kind of rein it in and get back to my original point most people in society i believe are completely reactive okay they're not proactive they're not making their decisions every day they're making their decisions strictly on what the status quo is at you know at that particular point in time um and so I, I think it's a little tricky of a conversation because a lot of times, you know, being reactive can feel proactive. OK, uh, an example uh, like the mask situation, you know, it can feel proactive sometimes because there are a lot of situations where, you know, the status quo isn't, you know, is it's dynamic. It's not necessarily settled on the topic, you know, at hand. Because the topic at hand may be brand new or maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. Okay, so an example of this is mask. It's a brand new topic. The status quo isn't necessarily set on that. Um, but so so a lot of people will feel like they're proactive and like they're thinking for themselves. I covered this in early episodes if you want to go back and listen to some of those. Um, a lot of people feel like they're proactive because they're, you know, they you know, you know, the mask conversation comes up and they say, oh, I'm anti-mask or I'm pro-mask. But uh, even still, that's reactive. And even though it feels like it's proactive because you're deciding, you're determining a position, you're taking a stance on this topic, but it's still kind of reactive because, you know, society, the status quo deemed this topic a topic to talk about in the first place. And so the only reason you're even talking about it is because society and the status quo deemed it important. You know, true proactivity is the opportunity cost. What it is that you would have thought about or discussed if society didn't deem the mass conversation important. And now you spend, you know, hours of your life or even days or weeks of your life on the phone over and over and over again talking about a mask, feeling like you're proactive, feeling like you're a rebel because you're deciding a position on a predetermined conversation. 
a conversation that was lent to you. What it is that you would have thought about if that conversation was never deemed appropriate or, you know, important by society is what a true proactivity is. You know, I let's say I wake you up in the morning and I say orange juice or Coca-Cola. You think you're being proactive because you choose Coca-Cola, you know, but you're still reacting to the idea that that I'm presenting you that you should drink one of these two things in the morning. Okay, so sometimes proactivity can feel like proactivity, but really you're just reacting to me and I'm handing you a a limited series of options uh, inside this bubble that I determined. Um, But even that's a little bit off track. What I want to talk about, I want to define some of the parameters so I can get more specific and it all makes sense. So what I want to go into more specifically uh, in this podcast episode is, like I said, agents of the status quo. It, and, and I feel like I set up the, the, you know, the scene to kind of discuss this in a way that makes sense now. So I see coming down my timeline a lot of the times, um, you know, a lot of the people that claim to be like free thinkers and, you know, red pill, which red pill was like a free thinker and like outside of the thinking outside of the box and outside of the status quo. I think I believe it originates from Matrix, you know. The blue pill is living like a regular life and being a being a, a sheeple, as they call it, whatever. And a red pill is like leaving the matrix and, and thinking for yourself, okay? A lot of people would claim to be red pill and free thinkers. One thing that you have to notice about them is that they always represent the status quo. Like I was going down my timeline one time and a friend of mine, uh, somebody that, you know, you know, uh, I follow and I'm cool with, uh, said, practice your faith be a rebel okay and that's like some kind of i guess it was proposed as some type of controversial off the wall and popular opinion right but when most of the world christianity is the most popular religion in the world is religious most people probably agree with that a lot of the people that i see they're free thinkers and they think different and all these things they're like exactly the status quo like they're against things like homosexuality they're straight they're you know they fall into an extremely obvious political party or school of thought like they might be straight up vanilla or chocolate a republican or democrat which seems like a proactive choice right but what are the options outside of that okay that's true proactivity what are the schools of thoughts outside of these mainstream that de- you know defined paths you know they'll just be uh they'll, they'll be christian you know which is the most like everything about them will you know, everything about most people that say they're red pill is like exactly what the status quo determines that they should be. And, and it's kind of confusing. Like, okay, what part of you is thinking differently? What part of you is, 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 is red pill? What part of you is special? What part of you is your own unique insights? Um, and a lot of people I think are, are, are that way because they're tricked and they're pimped into promoting what is already the status quo by people within the status quo um i think through the processes some of the processes that i mentioned earlier like providing these two options um that individuals perceive data in a way that's not accurate and it triggers something in them that makes them uh Let me put it like this. I think to describe it in this way would be a little more simple. I think in a in a world where everyone has a voice, 
and not only everyone has a voice, but a lot of what is popular opinion is justified by, I think, let me, let me rephrase this. I think in a world where small minorities can get very loud, um, because there is monopolies on media and things like that. People are more easily tricked into believing what is the, you know, into what they believe is the status quo. I'll put it like that. And what I mean by that is like if 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 I would ask somebody in the world what is their unpopular opinion, uh and I completely disagree with this opinion, by the way. They would probably say there are only two genders, right? Because small minorities on Twitter or the internet are supported, supportive of, you know, the LGBTQ plus non-binary trans community. They're they're supportive of these things, and they're really loud, and it doesn't seem like. You know, like the other side calls themselves like the silent minority or the silent majority. So it doesn't really seem like there are other people around. It seems like this is most of what, what, what most of the world believes when really it is just a small bubble of people. So they say their un, unpopular opinions that there are only two genders. But the fact of the matter is that most of the world is Christian. Most of the United States is Christian. And Christianity has such a strong grip on this nation that... I don't think there has been a single president that wasn't Christian. You cannot win a presidential election if you're not Christian. Now, it's not required, but being Christian and being married is one of the things that all presidents have in common. Um, other than, I, I believe, like two. Because this is something that America, within the status quo, wants people to be. And it will force their leader to be a representation of. And so, whereas most of America is Christian and Two, you know, there being two genders is consistent with that faith. Um, why do you think that's an unpopular opinion? You know, it's because there's this illusion provided through the internet where some voices are amplified and some are not, uh, or certain platforms are dominated by one demographic and the other demographics are maybe too old or not hip, and they use other platforms that are less popular. Um, or because maybe a, a demographic is more favored by the media world, it seems like these demographics are larger than what they are. They're more they're more populous than what they are. And I think in a lot of ways, you know, it tricks people into believing that the status quo is shifting. And sometimes it's done accidentally, and sometimes it's done purposely. And when people believe the status quo is shifting they feel like they want you know it, it threatens people because human beings are are uh they're primates essentially they're animals and animal group and you know the psychology of being an animal is like okay we got to protect ourselves you know there are in groups you know human psychology dictates that there, there are in groups and out groups in the world right and an in group is the status quo. What's popular? What, what's 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 good? And historically, the in groups have you know enjoyed most of the benefits that life has to offer. Um, and if you're an out group, an outcast like wolves, if you're an outcast wolf, if you're a lone wolf, you're going to die. You know. So if you're an outcast, you know, uh, as defined by human psychology, if, if you're in the out group, you know, let's say in a caveman era, you're in extreme danger. So a lot of people have a very morbid fear 
of being the smaller demographic, of being the outgroup, of not being what's popular. And I think a lot of times, you know, what the what the population of the world views as as popular or, or views as the status quo is pimped maybe by someone on the internet or maybe by media companies or maybe by the fact that a social platform is dominated by only one demographic or maybe that because one demographic doesn't really use the internet and a lot of this shifting in people's mind of what the status quo is even though nothing's really changing it triggers them into a defensiveness and and a polarity that makes them fight against what they perceive as the new in-group because they want to exist, because they want to be on top, because they want to enjoy prosperity naturally. Um, I think a lot of people are tricked in this way. And so people who are Christian, for example, may feel like, oh, it's becoming unpopular to be a Christian. And whereas most people in the world are Christians, uh, you know, they'll instead of, you know, instead of being truly unique in what they believe, they'll just side with the status quo and further the agenda that is already the most popular. And they'll do it in a way, not Christians particularly, but just any in group, they'll do it in a way that's particularly vehement, that's particularly bellicose and warlike because they feel threatened, right? You know, um, it's crazy. And, and, And this even happens to small minority groups. You know, like a lot of people believe for whatever reason that their particular group is under attack oh there's a genocide on black babies or white men aren't getting hired and in in you know there's a genocide on whites and you know people say all sorts of wonky things oh i'm not allowed to be a christian anymore like everybody feels like they're under attack and i think a lot of people are tricked and pimped to feel that way and so they become completely blind to the plights of other people and they become agents of a force that's kind of overwhelmingly dominant. You understand what I mean? And so a lot of people think because of the way that the perception of what is popular is being manipulated, even though it's just an illusion, they think that the status quo is shifting and and they react in those ways to reinforce the status quo. I think a lot of people prefer to be unique and prefer to be individual, but when there's this facade uh, this illusion, you know, that their group is under attack, put on by some anonymous force or, or put on by accident, it creates in people a will to, to, to go against, you know, an unnecessary opponent, you know. I think a lot of people are tricked into, you know, reinforcing the status quo because they think the status quo is something that's dying out. And, um, I, you know, I just kind of made this podcast episode like off the top of the head because I want you to ask yourself, are you an agent of the status quo? When you say, come on this podcast and say, oh, I'm being canceled and I'm being poached for my unpopular opinion. I want you to really ask yourself, is your unpopular opinion truly unpopular? Or do you just perceive it to be that way? And if you just perceive it to be that way, know that someone or something or maybe accidentally there has been a battery placed into your back to reinforce an overwhelmingly dominant force and, and, and you're actually the one. Maybe, maybe not. Because even sometimes the status quo is right. But you may actually be the one that's canceling someone 
that's a designer, that's a unique individual that has their own beliefs and own opinions. You're actually canceling a free thinker. You're actually canceling someone that's thinking for themselves. Most of the world, you know, for example, like, like I said, people say, oh, what's an unpopular opinion? Well, I'm against homosexuality. I disagree with this opinion personally. And they say, oh, well, you know, I tell you once, you know, I'm against, sorry, Siri interrupted me. Or they say, oh, I'm against transsexuality. That's my unpopular opinion. Crucify me. But the truth of the matter is, like I said, the, your belief is consistent probably with your Christian faith. And most people in the world are Christian. An overwhelming majority of people in the world are Christian. So consider, man, why do you think that's an unpopular opinion? Why do you think most people in the world don't agree with that? You're reinforcing what is already popular and you're probably crushing out of existence a new unique insight that could help people that you simply don't have the will to go out and understand. So just something to consider for a lot of people in this world. Um, we could debate and go back and forth on all these ideas all day long, but uh, you know, be wary of how it is that your perception of what is in and what is out is being you know manipulated and molded and reshaped and reformed like putty in the hands of some unforeseen force that may even be just chance i don't think every way that people think is being manipulated or controlled by some secret or hidden group or group of people or media company or the twitters sometimes it's just serendipity um but I think this is just a, a call to question who you are. You know, who are you? What, what role are you playing in the world? Are you truly a deserter of the status quo? Are you truly red pill? Are you truly a free thinker? Because I tell you what, man, if you go down the checkbox of what, what most people in the world are, hmm, I'm Christian, uh, I'm against this, I'm against this, I'm against this. Look at what most of the world thinks about that. Not what seems popular, what most of the world thinks. And ask yourself, you know, am I truly a deserter of the status quo or am I an agent or function of the status quo to get rid of people who desert it? And for a lot of people, this is going to be a tricky, tricky, tricky question. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. Um, and when you figure this thing out, accept yourself and, uh, you know, make this right decision to, to help people. And to bring the best set of ideas. Because sometimes the status quo is right. To bring the best set of ideas to people into the world. Um, this is Dallas from the Survive and Cancel podcast. I appreciate you for listening. Please go down in the description below. And follow me on Clubhouse. So that we can talk about these types of things. Now I don't necessarily want to talk. Oh wait wait no I was in the middle of a story actually. Um, I tell you what. I was going down Hollywood Boulevard one time. Uh, it was the middle of the night on Saturday. And uh, it was this young lady. Uh, it was a young trans lady. Uh, which is a young lady. Crossing the street. And. You know, she was just walking across the street. And me and my girlfriend were just looking at this lady. Because when I see certain people out in public... I probably shouldn't, but instinctually, I kind of fear for their safety. You know, um, even if she was, a, you know, a, 
I don't know, even if she was just a guy, like a gay guy, like, you know, the world isn't necessarily the most friendly to deserters of the status quo, which trans people are deserters of the status quo. Um, I think they're on to something that a lot of people don't understand right now. And, you know, they're doing a lot of good for the world and good for people uh, because identity uh, is something that's extremely diverse and malleable and misunderstood. And yeah, to say that there's only two is like kind of limiting the real beauty of this place that we live in. But she's walking across the street and, uh, you know, my girlfriend, you know, was describing the event to me. She said this person was majestic. You know, she was, you know, entranced, you know, entranced by, you know, the, the entire essence of this individual. And not because this individual was trans, but just because this individual was, you know, that way, you know, she, she said she liked the the pants that this individual wearing and her hair it was like long flowing green hair that matched her pants and uh she was she was tall and uh things like that my girlfriend was really really enamored by these things and but the moment w- was was broken up into a much more different feel because there were two young guys coming up the side of the street that started like barking and harassing this person and um luckily when they got to the corner she was walking down to our left and they turned across the street and walked to our right um because i wasn't going to sit there and allow anybody to be just you know harmed or you know any violence to occur to this person that hadn't done anything to anybody um i think this young lady actually started walking faster when they started harassing her um but these are isolated events, you know, these people get harassed, you know, a lot. I don't want to say day in and day out because same reason I avoid saying minorities are treated in racist fashions, because I think the more that I say this, the more I perpetuate in people's mind the idea that they can only be a victim. But, um. Yeah, we're harassing this person, and this person just wanted to have a nice day out. And this is something that probably happens, you know, more than once per day. You know, it's probably something that happens from time to time. And the reason for that is because most people in the world believe that with this person, this this person's unique insights is an appropriate inappropriate thing to be aligned with. Most people believe that. Saying, oh, there's two genders, that's, that's not an unpopular opinion. It's very popular, actually. And most people in the world feel that way. So, this is the status quo. Let's, 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 let's understand the status quo as a less fluid thing and a more static thing. And really define the parameters for our own personal selves of what, you know, of, of it. And um, it as in the status quo. And um, really... You know, I, I just want to prompt everybody listening to this episode to do some deep soul searching of which side they're on. Are they a designer, someone who designs their life in the world the way they see it in their own unique hearts? Or are they designing simply what everybody else think they should? Is this a very deep question? So are you an agent of the status quo? That's the last I'll see in this episode. Again, follow me on Clubhouse. I want to talk to y'all 
late night deep conversations live as well as introduce y'all to some of the most cool business minds and marketing minds and you know social whatever minds social dynamics minds that i know um it'll be a link in the description below i appreciate you listening to this episode rate and subscribe rate and review and subscribe to this podcast if you like it this is dallas from surviving to cancel peace out